about grad school? Asking all of your parents, friends, and their kids, but still not clear on what this thing is about? Wondering whether you have to want to go into the field that you choose to pursue a graduate degree in? Oh, and are you a person of color? If you say yes to any of these questions, you've found yourself in the right place. This is a podcast for all things grad school, and if you're a person of color, you're in even more luck because I hear you. Welcome to this podcast where every episode contains tidbits of information for how you can decide whether this adventure is for you, how to pursue it while maintaining your own sanity, and how to come out successful, compassionate, to make the world a better place, and happy. My name is Krithi Talam, and I'll be your most honored host. Welcome to this Brown Girl's Guide to Succeeding in Graduate School. Welcome back, listener. I hope you've had an awesome week so far. I'm really excited to be sharing episode three, part two with you today as we continue on from where we last left off. I know last time was an earful, but I hope it was useful and helpful. I know personally that when I first began looking at all of these degrees, I didn't really have an understanding of which existed and what did they mean, which was higher than what is a master's more than a PhD, is a PhD more than a master's, which one's optional and etc. So today we'll dive into some of the other topics I mentioned throughout episode three, part one, which includes planning, being organized, networking, but also just the rest of the steps to applying to grad school. But first... I'm going to be spotlighting our first organization today. Ta-da! So with that, drum roll, please. Welcome VSPCA. VSPCA is an NGO based in East India in a city called Vishakhapatnam in the state of Andhra Pradesh. Their two main missions are to achieve a biophilic city for Vishakhapatnam and to help animals of all paths, wild, native, not wild, not native, live to live happy, healthy lives. VSPCA definitely has one of the most comprehensive animal shelters in India and probably the most comprehensive shelter I've ever worked with. They house dogs, cats, cattle, birds, raptors, reptiles, trafficked wildlife, even rams and roosters from illegal fighting rings, etc. And they effectively manage those 3,000 plus animals in their farm. And they're trying to work towards ambitious eco-friendly and 100% organic farming and renewable energy products, which is projects, which is absolutely amazing. And in addition to that, they run several medical facilities for their animals. So obviously they can't do this alone and they can't do this without people knowing more about them and supporting in the ways that they can. So if you'd like to know more about their missions and causes and you want to donate, please visit vspca.org. I personally have worked with them while I was living in India for over a year, and I can only say that their founder is one of the most important role models in my life, and the organization is the most phenomenal animal organization I've ever worked with. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, listeners. And now, we will begin episode three, part two, applying to grad school continued. So one of the first topics I brought up last time was why even go to grad school? Here are a few of the reasons that I believe that that's the most useful thing you can do. First, you can really improve your hiring prospects. If you're not really looking to invest five plus years of your life understanding one specific question about science, like me, then, like we shared, a master's degree is definitely one great way to go. 
A master's degree from an accredited university can make your resume stand out, can improve your odds of landing a job, can provide you with the skills you need for that position, or you can even give yourself leverage as you negotiate employment terms and benef- like benefits and salary. By the way, accredited basically means that a school voluntarily underwent a review process by a third party agency that did does accrediting. And so that ensured the educational standards of the college or university. You will likely also enter the market with a greater sense of mastery and understanding in your field with a grad degree, as well as knowledge and thereby confidence. This experience, along with enhanced networking opportunities that come with the active participation in an advanced degree program, can make it more attainable to reach the job of your dreams. Next is if you're switching careers. Something I'll be discussing in upcoming episodes is the ability for folks who are mid-career to get into grad school. We've got lots of content for young people to get into grad school, but I think very highly of folks who are interested in it at some point, mid, some midpoint in their careers as well. My personal pitch is that it is never too late to go to grad school. If you have a job, but say you're looking for something new or challenging or with better growth potential, you may be due for a change in industry. And a great starting point can be a master's degree program. Third, accelerating your career. Having a bachelor's degree may have allowed you to a great entry-level position in your field, but your opportunities for advancement in your company or field may be limited without a grad degree. A grad degree in your preferred field would be a pretty natural career boost as well, one that could also help you qualify for a raise or apply for a better position in your company, and you know, possibly gaining status by taking on more responsibilities. Another reason that you may not have heard of is to actually take advantage of company scholarships. If you're interested in balancing a career and a grad program, and if maybe you're listening to this and you're like, well, I'm, you know, I'm already in an industry, how can I go to grad school now without quitting my job? Then we've got a solution for you as well. You will have to ask your company, but many employee benefits packages include reimbursement for part or all of your tuition costs. Companies actually view this as an investment in education and hardworking personnel. For you, it would mean a partially or fully funded trip to grad school and an update on your industry knowledge too. And if you further wish to wish to further your education and you're working for a company, look to see if they offer they offer tuition benefits and you could cash in on that. And now if they don't, then check with your company to see what options they do have. Who knows if you can help create a program like that at your company or help initiate it by pursuing a grad degree with partial or full funding from them. Currently, some of the top companies for reimbursement are actually the following. Verizon, AT&T, Disney, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Best Buy, Walmart, Sam's Club, Chipotle, and Smuckers all ranging between $3,000 to $8,000 per year of covered expenses, with Smuckers actually offering, quote, up to 100% reimbursement, unquote, for selected courses. Okay, so that's that on why pursue grad school for now. I'll also talk more about online grad degrees and taking advantage of it no matter how old you are in upcoming episodes. 
But of course, as usual, we've got a lot to cover today. So I'm going to move forward for now. That said, if you have specific questions, I always like to say this, please email us at thisbrowng3 at gmail.com. The next topic I want to discuss is how to stay organized. I can only recommend the ways that I know that work very well for me and that have helped me get to where I am today. So that doesn't necessarily mean they might work for you. So please take everything I say with a grain of salt. But to be honest, no one has ever really given me concrete ways of how to organize my grad school process. So I saw this as a really important topic to provide some thoughts on. And then if you're, you're more than welcome to run with it in whichever direction you feel like. Staying organized. <laughs> Cue big sigh. <sighs> organization, for some of us, can honestly be a really challenging or annoying thing. It can also be really hard to maintain, even if it excites you at first. But the truth is, it's really one of the biggest reasons I personally have been able to do so much with my life thus far in the ways that I want to. It was also the reason I wanted to apply to grad school again, as I've mentioned a couple times before. It has really helped me qualify myself to provide this information in many ways. Also, because I've learned so much in both rounds of applications. And yet, the thing that remained the same was my consistency in being organized. So, here are some things I do and did to help myself. One, I made folders for grad school on my desktop. Not only was it in sight, but it was also easy access, and it therefore created less friction between my human nature to not care much to find a folder somewhere in my laptop and my ability to want to continue the applications and keep them organized. The second thing I did was create subfolders within that grad school folder for which each school had one folder. The materials necessary for grad school will add up really quickly, so it's important to have separate folders to keep all of that information organized. Title it something like, quote, grad school app items, unquote, or something to keep the folder easy to find, even if your desktop is all cluttered. Now, the next thing is to not necessarily only keep that folder on your desktop. You could lose or delete that content, so I recommend having a backup folder somewhere online. A few options are OneDrive, Google Drive, Dropbox, or if you're a tech nerd like me, you can even keep it on GitHub. It's good to have it somewhere where you also have an online copy, just in case something happens to the local copy and you won't leave yourself doomed. Okay, third, Always save your files in both doc and PDF formats. In other words, keep one editable version of your resumes, applications, essays, and one PDF type format of them. Typically, I'll keep my main copies outside of any university specific folder so that I can always copy them into specific folders and then tailor those applications for those universities actually. And excuse me, that's where the next piece of advice comes in. Make a general resume and a general personal statement. You want to keep a statement that you can tailor for each university. Why? Because each university doesn't have the same program. For instance, if you were interested in climate change in the ocean, you might apply to a climate change type grad degree at one university. But maybe another university might have a marine ecology or ocean sciences degree, and maybe not a climate change specific degree title. 
So having too specific a statement might not benefit your ability to show the school that you understand what degree options they have. For instance, if you say, I'd like to join the ocean sciences department, but the school doesn't have one, then you're showcasing a clear lack of understanding for the school's specific programs. So it always helps to start with a general copy that you can tailor later. The same thing applies for your resume. There are many accomplishments you might have, but some of them may not necessarily be relevant to a university-specific program, and it actually might be better if you leave them out. I'll speak more on how to develop resumes and personal statements in upcoming episodes, but this is a great tip that I received and that really helped me. It also speaks to working smart and not just hard, because you absolutely don't want to redevelop a new personal statement for every school you apply to, even if that's two or three schools. Oh, and I'll also speak about how many schools to apply to and more in upcoming episodes. Okay, fourth, I am an avid organization freak, so I have a million tips and I'm trying to keep myself from sharing too many possibly irrelevant or nitpicky ones, which means... If you're looking for more tips, please hit us up at our email, thisbrowng3, the number three, at gmail.com, and we can always chat more about your specific situation. Otherwise, my last tip for now is use a calendar. I strongly recommend this, and honestly, my entire life revolves around my calendar. Now, I don't want to be the one to decide whether that's online or physical copy for you, but I think both work really great. I personally use an online calendar simply because it's I can easily input a lot in there, I can set reminders, and I can create flexibility of recurring events and so on. Okay, so that's it on the front of organization, planning, and prepping. There's obviously so much more that can be said, but I try to keep these to the most important bites of information that you can start off with. So we're going to move on to the second half of this episode, the actual list of items to make sure you're aware of when it comes to applying to grad school, meaning the rest of that list. All right, I'm going to take a quick water break. Okay, let's go. Step one, build your grad school list. The first step in applying to grad school might seem really obvious, but we're going to go there anyway. Build a list of schools just like you did when applying to a college or university when you decided you wanted to earn a bachelor's degree. Your grad school list should include at least three to six programs, and I, I recommend roughly that, and separate them into dream schools, target schools, and safety schools. Dream schools, meaning that they have competitive admission requirements, challenging academic programs, and only the top students are admitted. Safety schools, meaning those, those for which you exceed the GPA requirements and minimum scores for standardized testing and other exams, um, and that you feel confident you get into. And target schools, meaning those at which you have a solid chance of being admitted into. Step number two. Make a list of admissions requirements. Now that you have your grad school list picked out, outline the admissions process for each of the grad schools on your list. You'll see that many admission requirements and deadlines overlap. For instance, almost all grad school requires the same documents. Transcripts, letters of rec, personal statement, and GRE or GMAT scores. Now, 
Make a spreadsheet or a checklist that has the requirements for each school, which will also allow you to be more efficient as you move through that list. Each school is going to require a personal statement and most will provide a list or a prompt for that writing, for writing that essay. There's usually a lot of overlap between the personal statement prompts that each master or PhD program provides. So know where these overlaps happen that, so therefore you can spend less time, spend your time on writing one or two great, great personal statement essays rather than 10 mediocre statements. Step three. Ace that GRE exam. Easy! On your list of requirements, make note of the average GRE or GMAT scores required for admission to each program. Plan ahead, grab the test books, get some practice, and write in the 75th percentile and the 50th percentile averages. Step four, write your personal statement. Your personal statement is extremely important as it will set you apart from all the other students that are trying to get admitted into the same program as you. But remember, it's not about writing the perfect statement. It's about getting it out there and then honing it every time you come back to it. So when writing your personal statement, keep the following things in mind. Catch the reader's attention. Remember that the Office of Admissions reads tons of essays. If yours is boring or like all of the others, you won't stand out. But I also want to point out that if yours is not authentic, it will stand out in a way that probably won't be appreciated. So be authentic, be you. The second tip is position yourself in a way that shows how you'll bring value to the school. This of course means that you will have to tweak each one specifically to each school, but it works especially well if there's a professor whom you want to work with. Okay, step five. Letters of recommendation. Most grad school admission requirements ask for three letters of recommendation, which are generally submitted online. There are two difficult aspects to writing rec letters. First, you need to make sure that each recommender will say something relatively different. Therefore, you can either ask them what they're going to say, or you can tell them what others are saying. This isn't an easy conversation. However, professors do write letters of rec all the time, and it makes their lives easier if you're upfront about what you need them to say. Second, getting the recommenders to actually write and submit the letters can actually be harder than you realize. So do not wait till the last minute and do not be shy to remind them. Remember, they're writing these as a favor for you. So the priority of your letter of rec is kind of low for them. You will most likely need to pester them several times to get the letters in on time, so don't be afraid to do this. If I hadn't done this, I definitely would not have had recommenders write my letters or submit them on time. So to that end, make sure you give your recommenders plenty of lead time. Don't ask them a few days ahead. Don't ask them two weeks ahead. Give them several weeks, maybe even months, and give them a clear deadline, and then check in relative to that deadline. All right, step six, we're almost at the end. Request transcripts well ahead of application deadlines. So typically, as I mentioned earlier, colleges are gonna ask for your official undergrad transcripts or official master's transcripts if if you're applying to a PhD program. So you will have to send those to to the college or university from which you earned your bachelor's degree, of course. 
you may be able to do it online through the school's websites, or you, I believe you can call the, the school's registrar's office. So be prepared for that. Do not procrastinate on that and make sure that it is always the official transcript and not the unofficial. Okay, step number seven and final, triple check everything. Make sure that you check all names, spellings, essays, emails, file names, and everything else. Make sure you send the right things to the right places. I cannot emphasize that enough. The number of times a grad student applicant has gotten kicked out of a pool. I've even been on those committees, not for grad school, but for scholarships and grants and, you know, awards where I see somebody writing about the absolute wrong thing. Or you realize they've copy pasted an essay and just flipped names and forgot to flip one name and the entire thing is a giveaway. So as much as we say, to go ahead and double dip, go ahead and, you know, have a general personal statement and then tailor it. Just be smart about that and remember that, you know, you still want to make sure you're applying to the school with a purpose and you're not just applying to get six schools on your list. And the school will definitely be able to tell based on that essay. So I'm going to reiterate, make sure you send the right things to the right places. Okay, (laughs) so I've overloaded you with all of these things, but guess what? If you've stayed with me this far, then here's another secret. (laughs) The rest of the show is going to be way less generic than these first four episodes. These first four episodes were to set you up for grad school, for thinking about it, and for taking those steps. But if you're in grad school, or you just got in, or you're already committed... Well, buckle up and join me, because it's going to be one hell of a ride. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of This Brown Girl's Guide. To follow us, please find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts with the same title. You are also welcome to email us with questions and ideas at thisbrowng3, the number three, at gmail.com. Thank you. 